Jesus, the name like no other. And there really is great beauty and glory in the name that is given to that babe born in Bethlehem, the Son of God. It is indeed the sweetest name of all. And it is remarkable, really, when you think, as we read together in Matthew 1, that it was revealed to a humble carpenter, Joseph. And it draws together the great hope and the wonder of Christmas. And as we read together in Matthew 1, we see that as Joseph sleeps, he's given a very blessed dream in which an angel comes and assures him and tells him to take Mary as his wife and that she will give birth to a child whose name is to be Jesus. The name of the Saviour, the one who had come to save his people from their sins. The name which will banish fear, which will bring an end to despair for all those who know it and trust it. This name which speaks of one who is able to deliver the sinner and bring them back, reconcile them to God. This name which identifies a unique Saviour who has no equal. And at the time when Joseph was told about the name, the baby had not yet been born, but the time was close. And as we've been considering in recent days, the very Son of God would be born as a man and bear our nature and yet holy and without sin. He was made like us to save us, but conceived of the Holy Spirit, he was sinless. And so he really was the Holy Child, the Holy One, the Son of God and the Son of Man. And so this morning, I want us to look very simply at what we can learn from this name like no other. And the first thing that I want you to see is this, that this name of Jesus is given by heaven. This name of Jesus is given by heaven. You shall call his name Jesus. And this name, like the one who would bear it, came down from heaven. Now, as you go through the scriptures, our Savior has many different names which tell us all about his office and his person and his work. But this name, especially his own name, given by his father, and therefore it is the, the very best name, the noblest name. And it is the glory of our Lord to be the Savior. You see, the father knew the perfect name for his son and the work that he was appointed to do. And we've mentioned before the closeness of that relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that wonderful relationship between those persons of the Trinity, but the closeness of the relationship between the Father and the Son. And the Savior said himself, no man knows the Son but the Father. And the Father who knows his Son identifies the fact that he is coming to save as the chief Characteristic, and so his name is to be Jesus, for he will save. And God would accept the rescuing work done by his son as it was his own plan and commissioned him, he commissioned him to save sinners. So when we come and we plead that name of Jesus before our Father in heaven, we bring before him his own word. We appeal to his own gracious plan and his purpose and his action. This is a, a wonderful name given by heaven. And when we think of the, the heavenly beginnings of the name of this baby, we should stand in awe. Why? Because this saviour that we delight in is not a saviour of, of man's imagination or man's creating. No, this is God, the everlasting father, sending his son 
to be the deliverer, the rescuer of sinners like you and me. You shall call his name Jesus. And Jesus means Savior. In the Hebrew, it means salvation of the Lord or the Lord of salvation. And so the angel explains it with an emphasis that we shouldn't miss. He will save, and within the Hebrew form of Jesus, Yeshua, you have the title of the Most High, the divine name. So in full, the name is Jehovah Savior. And that shows us that this salvation that is brought is from heaven, it is a divine thing, and it shows us that our Lord doesn't save in a temporary way. This is not just a a patch, as it were, over the issue. This is the greatest, deepest, most thorough, lasting, eternal salvation that there could be. This is not a a temporal deliverance from a, a momentary enemy or trouble. Jesus saves eternally. And he saves from sin, from spiritual enemies. It's interesting, in the Bible, you read of those like Joshua and Gideon and David and many others. They were called saviors in that sense. And God used them to give a temporary deliverance to the people. But Jesus is unique because he is a savior like no other. And he saves his people from their sins. And it is a forever rescue. It cannot be undone. And when you know the Lord Jesus, when you are in him, you are saved and you will be kept. That work cannot be undone. It's interesting, at the time when Jesus came, we've seen in our studies in the Gospel of Matthew that the Jews were looking for a saviour to deliver them from Rome. But Jesus, the Messiah, came for a very different purpose. He came to do a far greater work. A work of eternal value, a spiritual work of deliverance. And this word save, it is so rich because it means that Jesus delivers and saves and keeps in the most thorough, complete way. So not only is it an eternal salvation, a lasting salvation, but it is complete. There is nothing lacking in the rescue that Jesus brings to people like you and me. And as he saves us and keeps us, he preserves and he protects his people from danger forever. And this eternal and sure salvation is identified and brought there in his name. Jesus, he shall save. As one explains, let us be glad that we have such a saviour. And that the name of Jesus retains all the sweetness and power that it ever had and shall retain it till all his people are saved and then forever. And Matthew, as we read on, also highlights another name which has a a similar meaning, where he says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And those two, they must come together because he is Jesus, the Savior, but he's also Emmanuel, God with us. So God steps down. God, the ultimate Savior. And as we saw last Lord's Day, God is Savior by his very character. And so by coming down from heaven, by coming to this world, taking upon himself our nature, Jesus bridged the otherwise bridgeless gulf between us and between God. He is the one mediator and our saviour is God and therefore he is able. 
Friend, if you're looking anywhere else this morning but to Jesus to be saved, then you are lost. It is only through this one, the Lord Jesus. And this beautiful name, a jewel from the treasure trove of heaven, as it were, lets us know the very heart of God in reference to his son. Why he sent him? You know, there's no vagueness, there's no lack of clarity. We know why Jesus came, because we're told. We're told what the Lord indeed came to do. And in what manner he will glorify his Father. The mission that he came to accomplish, he came for to save and to deliver and to bless. And that's a great cause for rejoicing this morning. So the name of Jesus is given by heaven. But I also want you to see in our passage that the name of Jesus was to be declared by man. She, Mary, shall bring forth a son and you, Joseph, shall call his name Jesus. So God appoints the name. It is revealed by a heavenly messenger. But Joseph then has to follow through and declare it. And according to God's command, Joseph and Mary, they called the baby Jesus. They did as they were told. And those given to see that this is the one come to save, without hesitation, give him the right name, Jesus. They believed all that they had been told. And in doing so, Joseph and Mary demonstrate that faith and that submission and that obedience to the Lord. Once they've been told. Who this baby was, why he came, they accepted the divine message and they did as they were instructed to do. And for all of us who have been given the eyes of faith to see, we don't just see a babe in the manger. We see Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior. You know, there are many, and maybe you've heard it over these past few days and on the television and different things. Many who claim to represent Jesus and to speak of him. But they don't speak of him as the Bible speaks of him. They speak of him maybe as a teacher or historical figure. But they don't speak of him as the saviour. And that misses the whole point. And it shows that, that they don't know him. That they don't know his first and his principle, his first name. You know the Holy Spirit cannot have revealed Christ to any person if they remain ignorant of his saving power. If you do not know Jesus as saviour... You do not know him at all. And even still you have those who claim to speak for him. And yet only speak of his example or morality. But they won't have him as saviour. So even if you went and you you spoke to them about this. they, They don't want anything to do with the fact that he came to deliver sinners. That he came to shed his blood on the cross. They won't have the fact that he gives life through his death and resurrection. And they won't proclaim the the cost of following him, what it means to be a a true follower of Jesus and to take up your cross. But they say, oh, well, we've got to try our best to live like him. And that's what Christianity is about, to, to do our best. And it misses it all. Jesus came to save us from our sin. We are saved by what he has done, not by what we do. And we cannot save ourselves. We need him. And when people really know Jesus, he's not just a great man or a fine teacher or a noble example. No, he is the savior of sinners. Mary and Joseph, they would take Jesus to the temple at the right time, all according to the law. And they would publicly declare that name. This is the name of this child, Jesus As one explains, all hearts to whom God commits his Christ should publicly acknowledge him 
and should desire in all proper places to confess him as the Saviour. The infant Christ was committed to the care of Joseph and Mary to nurse and protect, wonder of wonders, that he should need a guardian who is the preserver of men and the shepherd of his saints. You know, it is staggering, isn't it, as you think of that babe with this wonderful name, that in his feebleness as a baby he needed that care, and in caring for him, Joseph and Mary did not hesitate to avow their faith by giving him the name nor did they refuse to declare his name in the temple before the priests and the congregation. Now, friends, we live in uncertain days. We know that. We know that probably there are going to be many challenges that lay ahead of us. But the Lord Jesus keeps his people on his cause. We rejoice in that. But also, if we're believers this morning, we have a responsibility and a charge to proclaim his name. And to declare his gospel in the world and maintain his truth and make known his salvation. You and I, if we are his this morning, we have got the privilege of bearing this testament. That his name is Jesus and he saves his people from their sins. How can we mention him? How can we mention him and not speak of his rescuing work? If he is anything, he is saviour. And we know him best by that name and we should want to declare it from the rooftops. We should be unashamed of our Jesus. He is righteous and he loves righteousness, but he is first known to men as the friend of sinners. And he is the faithful and true witness, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and his first work is to save. And the people all around us, maybe even those here this morning, who are still outside of Christ, still gripped by sin and facing the judgment to come, and we have the privilege of pointing them to Jesus. They need him. And that's what we must be about. That must be our focus, to proclaim him. To have him front and centre. You see, this name of Jesus, not only given by heaven, but declared by man, but also the name of Jesus finds fulfillment in him alone. Now, before the coming of the Son of God, there have been others who had that name, but they were types and they were foreigners. You know, sometimes when you read through uh, in the Scriptures, you'll find that. For example, Old Testament Joshua is referred to as Jesus. So in Acts 7.45, it says, Our fathers that came after brought him with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles. And he's speaking there of Joshua. Hebrews 4 verse 8, For if Jesus had given them rest. Joshua is the Hebrew form of Jesus, the Greek form, but Jesus and Joshua, the same word. Now, as we saw in the time when we were spending time in those Bible studies in Joshua, Joshua was a type of the Lord Jesus. And there are many pictures and types and illustrations of what the true Savior, Jesus Christ, will come to do. So let me give you some examples. So when Moses could not lead the people into Canaan, Joshua did it. And so it is that our Lord Jesus accomplishes what the law of Moses never could have done. Joshua would overcome the enemies of God's people, even though they were many and they were strong. And in the name of Jehovah, as captain of the Lord's host, Joshua defeated them. Even so does our glorious Lord Jesus conquer our sin 
and all the powers of darkness. And he utterly destroys our spiritual enemies. You know, Joshua before him, Amalek is defeated, Jericho falls, Canaanites are forced into retreat. Jesus gives us triumph in every place when we look and rest in him. Joshua conquered an inheritance for Israel. He took them across the Jordan. He settled them into that land which they said flowed with milk and honey, gave to each tribe and to each man to stand in what God had purposed for them. But you see, this is what our Lord Jesus does. But our inheritance in him is divine. It is glorious. It is sure. It is eternal. He has given us a certain hope of heaven. And though Joshua couldn't give the people the heavenly rest of the highest kind, he gave them this, this blessed place, this land in which to dwell. But our glorious Joshua, Jesus, has given us eternal rest, infinite rest. He is our peace. And in him we enter into that rest. Joshua, the son of Nun, caused the people to serve the Lord all his days, but he couldn't save the nation from their sins, for after his death they went astray and went away from the Lord. But Jesus saves and reserves to himself a people who are zealous for good works, and he lives and he's able to keep them from falling into seeds for them. No more does Joshua lift sword or spear on behalf of Israel, but Jesus still rides forth, as it were, conquering and to conquer, and his people in him are indeed more than conquerors, overcomers. You see, all these types, they point to the fulfillment, and that is Jesus the Saviour. You know, there's another Jesus in Ezra and Zechariah. Again, the form is Yeshua or Joshua. And he was the high priest who came at the head of the people on their return from Babylon. And he's spoken of by the prophet Zechariah in terms which make him a fit representative of each of us. But Jesus of Nazareth is now the only high priest. And having presented his one sacrifice forever, he remains a priest according to the power of an endless life. And he heads the march from captivity and he leads his people back to the heavenly Jerusalem. You know, at the time of his coming, history tells us the name of Jesus wasn't uncommon amongst the Jews. You see, they were looking for a salvation. They were anticipating and it was seen in the, the names of their children. These little ones were by hope named as saviors, but they couldn't save. They had the name, but they didn't have the power. There was only one who could alone bear the name and accomplish true and eternal salvation for his people. And that was this holy child, this blessed one, this glorious God with us. And he has truly brought to us salvation. And he says, look unto me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and beside me there is none else. This Jesus of Nazareth, King of Kings, is the one and only Saviour. He and none but he shall save his people and save by his own act and deed, he and not another. And it is in his name and on his behalf that he shall by himself purge away our sin. He shall do all the work. He will leave nothing undone. And he shall begin it and carry it on and complete it. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus, the great fulfillment 
And also the name of Jesus identifies him with his people. This is a lovely thing. You shall call his name Jesus. And that name declares his relationship with his people. Have you ever thought that there'd be no saviour if there was no one to save? If there were no sinners? But his personal name, Jesus, identifies him with those that he came to save. Those that were given to him. Those that he would go to that cross and purchase with his own blood. They are a specific people set apart to him as his own treasure. Who are these people? Well, those that the Father gave him before the foundation of the world. Who are they but those whose names are engraved on the palms of his hands and written on his heart? Who are they but those for whom he he paid the price of salvation? Who are they but the numbered sheep that will be required at his hands by the Father that he should render them back and saying, I have kept those whom you have given me for they are yours. The Lord knows those that are his and he preserves them unto his eternal kingdom and glory. He shall save his people. That's a great comfort this morning. If you're in Christ, he will save you. He saves to the uttermost. And you say, well, who are his people? Well, his people are sinners. Sinners who need to be saved and who are unable to trust him for that. It doesn't say that he will reward his people for their own goodness. It doesn't say that he came for those who would help themselves. No, he says his people are those who are brought to see their sin. Their need of a saviour and who by the grace of God turn from that, cry out to him and ask him to be saved. Friend, let me ask you, do you need saving this morning? Has the Holy Spirit shown you that you need to be delivered? Be encouraged. Because that is the character of all his people. He never had one who could do without washing in the Saviour's blood. And so come to him without hesitation. He won't cast you away. And receive that gift of forgiveness and eternal life in Christ. You see the precious sinless son of God came to save his people from their sins. If they were not in that state. Then they wouldn't need saving. As one says, the first link between my soul and Jesus Christ is not my goodness, but my badness. It is not my merit, it is my misery. It's not my standing, it's my falling. It's not my riches, it's my need. He comes not to reward my virtues, but to forgive my sins. You know, maybe you've come this morning and as you consider the reality of who God is who he is and his holiness and his greatness, and you realize your sin and your guilt, here is the good news in this name like no other. Jesus is able to save you. You know, maybe you feel as though you look at your life and you say, well, I'm too bad. I'm too sinful to be saved. But it doesn't say that he will only save reasonable sinners or little sinners. No, just those who are sinners. And those who need saving no matter how great their sin. And so you go to him. And you ask him and you confess how you need him. And he will show you the reality of his name. Jesus, Savior, mighty to save. And you confess him your sin and he will save you from it. You believe in him and he will be your salvation. And as we finish, the name of Jesus identifies him with his people to save them. But his name also explains his work. How does he do this? How does he deliver sinners like you and me? 
You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save. If Jesus is not known in this way, he's not known at all. We know nothing about the essence and heart of Jesus if we don't know him as Savior. But he saves his people by taking the sin of his people upon himself. You know, we, we, many of us know this so well. But I don't think we always fully grasp the magnitude of what it says. That Jesus saves his people by taking their sin upon himself. And when you stop to think for a moment on the multitude of your sin, even in this, this morning, these past moments, the vastness of it, and yet the sinless one bore it all away. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Christ's shoulders bore the guilt of his people, and because he took their sinful load, his people are free. We are set at liberty. The burden is lifted. He takes our sin and he saves us by being our substitute, by standing in our place, by suffering in our place. He goes to the cross and he dies in our place and he bears the penalty that we should have faced. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. He was made a curse for us. Christ also has suffered for us. He died, the just for the unjust, to bring us to God. He bore the wrath of God which was due to us. He has taken the sin. He has paid the penalty. He has done all for us. The babe in the manger went to that cross. And that is how Christ saves his people from their sin by rescuing them because of the, the magnitude of his love. By going to the cross and delivering them out of the power and the tyranny and the dominion of sin and the enemy which before then gripped them and had mastery over them. And friends, when we're made alive and enabled to believe in the Lord Jesus as our Savior, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are given this new life. We are made new. We are new creations, given a new heart. We have new desires, a new perspective, and new priorities, and new motives, and new joy. We are a new creation. And all of what is ours in position will be fully realized in the glory to come. When we will be made like Jesus without spot, without blemish, without sin entirely. And we'll look into the heart, into the mind, into the understanding, and when Jesus has done his purging work, there will be no more scar or speck to show that sin was ever there. It's hard for us to even comprehend when we're aware of what we are like now, what we shall be then. So completely shall he save his people from their sins that they shall be fit to dwell in the heavenlies, fit to dwell with angels, but better still, they shall be fit to dwell with God and be in his presence. They shall be one with Jesus, one with him throughout eternity, the fullness of him that fills all in all in his glorious. How total is the salvation that Jesus has brought to us. You see, this name is like no other. 
this name Jesus given to him as a baby before he had begun his public ministry before the cross in one sense before he had done anything even before his trembling feet had learned to walk at Nazareth but this name was deserved and fitting you know many children many a child has had a, a grand name as it were and his life has fallen short of it but this Jesus he fulfills his name truly and so we come to the Christ and see that many that once were gripped and bound in sin we are washed we are set at liberty and who but Jesus has done it he that saves his people from their sins has saved us and we should rejoice Time has seen it, eternity will reveal it. There is none like Jesus in his saving power. All glory be to him. He shall come from heaven one day with a shout and all his hosts shall be with him and then it shall be seen that he has saved his people. Are you one of the redeemed? Are you saved this morning? Are you trusting in Jesus? Is this name precious to you? It is the name his father gave him it is the name his earthly parents proclaimed. Those who loved him gave him the name. It is the name which moves our affections and should fire our souls. It was the name given at his death. Do you remember what they put on the cross? Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. It is his resurrection name. It is his gospel name which we preach. And it is his name which will be worshipped in heaven. They sing to him there as Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Saviour. And so this morning, let's go and tell of this name. Let's dwell upon this name like no other. Jesus, the name high over all. Jesus, the name to sinners dear. The name to sinners given. It scatters all their guilty fear. It turns their hell to heaven. Happy if with my latest breath I may but gasp his name. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning, Jesus, to thee be glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, O come, let us adore him. May it be that we ever adore our Saviour, Jesus, the one who saves his people from their sins. Amen.